Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to join us and invest in yourself today. We are the business creators. We have the entrepreneurs, small business owners, local business owners. We're marketing and business coaches and consultants. We help others create and build and grow their businesses. And on the other hand, and on the other side of that coin, we have the do-it-yourselfers who like to have their own hands on the levers as you market and run your business and grow your business. Uh, I myself think of myself as being all four of the above categories, and many of you are also one or more of the above. If you are, take a moment, explore our episodes, and discover how we help you win. It's a game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, check us out on iTunes, and there are two ways to do that. One is to go on iTunes and do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Voila, there we are. The other is to go to our website and click the big banner in the sidebar off to the right. Either way, you will find over 170 episodes, actually closer to 180 episodes at this point, spanning a broad variety of topics relevant to business creators. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. And be sure to subscribe to get instant access to that content, which is updated every single week with fresh information. Now, today we are going to cover something, one of those things that grinds my gears or burns my oatmeal, as the case may be. And it has to do with mastermind groups. I love when people throw around the word mastermind without having a clue what it actually means. And we've seen the word be so completely misinterpreted, misunderstood, and sometimes deliberately bastardized. And as I'm saying, it really grinds my gears. So I am excited, delighted, and charged up to devote an episode of Business Creators Radio Show to fixing this. And to help us fix this, we are going to bring on, for our topic of exploring the power of mastermind groups, none other than Charlene Burke of Search by Burke. So just to tell you about Charlene before we introduce her, she's a small business owner living in the United States of America who loves to learn and share her knowledge. And she founded Search by Burke in 2008 to provide businesses with information about their customers in the marketplace assistance with understanding the data about their customers, training on how to get in front of their target market with social media, and consulting services to create marketing strategies and marketing plans. Charlene enjoys working with solo business owners through mastermind groups, marketing, consulting, and training programs in the areas of social selling, how to stand out on social media, research your way to better sales, and more. She started the Grow Alliance as a live stream program in 2015, brought us to Facebook as a group, and now is building a robust business community with live business retreat weekends. Charlene is passionate about making sure people have the right information and make use of it to grow personally and professionally. And before we bring her on, let's start with a bang with her words of wisdom. Charlene Burke says, I believe that knowledge is power. Everyone can and should improve themselves by growing their heart, their mind, and then their business. Regardless of what stage of life, in life they're in, whether it's to develop a better mindset, improve their relationship with a higher power or creator, or to increase profits, 
Moving forward is key. Now let's move forward by welcoming Charlene aboard. Hi there. Hi, Adam. How are you today? Oh, couldn't be better if you paid me a million dollars, but you should try anyway just to see what happens. <laughs> we'll put it on my account because on account I don't have a million dollars right now. There we go. We'll add it to your tab. That's perfect. Uh, I just read off your official bio, which is fantastic and action laden. But what I'd like to do here for those of our listeners who are just now getting to know you is tell us a little bit about your own journey in your own words and what brought you to the intersection of brilliance and passion from which you serve business creators today. Oh, I would be happy to. And I will attempt to do it as succinctly as possible. So up until June of 2008, I was an introvert that was attempting to survive in an extrovert world. My background, education-wise, includes uh, degrees in marketing and business. And then as an adult, I went back to college and, and became an electronic engineer, robotics engineer. And then I realized oh, after 25 years or 30 years of working in the business world, that I know so much more than they do. And it was proven to me when every time I would present a better way of doing something based on the research that I had done, and they didn't do it, and then did it, and saw that it worked, bingo. So what was happening was that companies were scared to do anything differently because they didn't understand the research. That's where my passion for understanding the information you have in front of you became important. Then, after working in a variety of positions that truly I was not suited for, again, the introvert in an extrovert world, I stepped out on my own and said, this is what I'm going to offer to businesses. Not only the information, but more importantly, how to understand the information that they have in front of them so that they can use it to grow either themselves as individuals or as teams or the business with more sales and more revenue. Hence, Search by Burke was born in June of 2008. Okay, okay. that's great. <laughs> and, uh, and as far as this introvert living in an extrovert world, I don't buy that for a minute. The reason being is I don't recall that the world belongs to extroverts. Uh, they just happen to be the people who make the most noise. Uh, all respect to our go. many extroverted but I just, wanted to, I just wanted to clear that up because we hear so much about how the introverts among us need to just come out of our shell and, and stop being so quiet. Uh, I'm so happy that over the past few years especially, we've had the movement where we've come to understand the power that the introverts hold. Uh, me, I love the power that it gives me to do so many things. And, you know, it's so funny, I'll tell this story real quick, is I was in a mastermind meeting, since we're talking about masterminds today, and one of the members of our mastermind is somebody who is very vivacious, she's very loud, she's very energetic, and uh, she was in the hot seat, uh, you know, where we were working on helping her mastermind her issues, and her issues had to do with how she communicated with the employees of her business. And people were asking questions back and forth or what have you. And then it occurred to me to ask, uh, I said, uh, her name name was Lisa. And I said, Lisa, uh, do you consider yourself more introverted or more extroverted? And the whole room laughed like that was supposed to be obvious. 
And she said, well, introvert, of course. And I just, I, and I said it, it's like, see, people, I told you, because I recognized her personality, mm-hmm. and I understand what introversion versus extroversion truly is. Just seeing how she behaves in her social media, some of the things she shares about herself, and certain things that come up in her speech and things that she expresses in individual and small group conversations, uh, she's basically the poster child for introversion, regardless of how much noise she makes. Mm-hmm. So it's not about whether you're shy or whether you're outgoing yeah, or anything like that. Introversion versus extroversion really has nothing to do with that. And what's great about masterminds is when they're properly constructed and they're properly managed, uh, they are probably one of the most powerful things that the introverts among us can use to change the world. Oh, you just nailed it, Adam. Yes, properly managed. That's the key. Having a leader or facilitator who brings in the appropriate personality types so that it can be a robust mastermind group. Meetings can be exciting and can be innovative and can be um, thought-provoking and game-changing for members because of the diversity but it's careful diversity. And I think that is something that is key to a power of the mastermind is being able to tap into that diversity. Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. So before we get into that, because we already have a few things that we told our listeners we're going to cover here. We were talking about we're going to get a little bit more into the properly managing of mastermind groups because I have some thoughts I want to run by you and vice versa. We're going to talk a little bit about the diversity and, talk about the bastardization of the term mastermind. So let's actually kind of start with that third one first. But before we do that, let's define our terms. So let's be clear, what exactly is a mastermind group? A mastermind is the gathering of two or more people meeting in harmony for a purpose. Right. Uh, that's as succinctly as I can put it. I'm, I usually base it off of Napoleon Hill's version, which was Andrew Carnegie's yeah. version of what a mastermind is. Um, so we're going to put it in those terms. It's, it's a gathering of two or more people who are combined and gathering together, meeting with um, a, in harmony, the, hence the diversity of personalities, but they work well together, and with a purpose. So when I talk about it, I'm talking about bringing together, for instance, bringing together solo business owners whose purpose in gathering is to help each other succeed. Yeah. And they're in harmony because they have diverse backgrounds, they have diverse knowledge, they have diverse networks, but they've been selected because I, as a facilitator host of groups, hand vet, if you will. I interview everybody before allowing them into a group to make sure that they're in it for the right reasons and that personality-wise they can handle it because a really good member, in my view, isn't just a taker. They're generous with their knowledge. They want to serve and want to help others to succeed. Right, that's very true. Now, what I'd like to go where I'd like to go now because I think you and I are pretty much in agreement 
on the definition of a mastermind. And I, too, go back to the Napoleon Hill principle of the mastermind, the power of the mastermind. It's something that I've come to believe in. And I've been through a number of things in my many years in business, my 14 years in business, that have been called masterminds. But I can only think of a couple that actually live up to that definition where I really feel like my mind was in any way mastered, where I was achieving any mastery in my mind. So what I'd like to do, starting with you, is I, you know, we were talking in the green room before we went live with this, and we were discussing the bastardization of the term mastermind. So what I'd like to do is uh, just hear from you some examples in your experience of how that's happening and why it's leading to confusion as to what a mastermind actually is. So my experience has been those who are misusing the the term of a mastermind is you have a coach of some sort, a life coach or a business coach, decide that they want to run a mastermind group as part of a revenue stream. And the advertising says join my mastermind and grow yourself and your business through uh, learning these things, right? Um, Join other business owners in my mastermind and you will be better for it, whatever the the ad is. So you read through it and you say, oh, yeah, this looks like something for me because I want to be able to connect with these other people and learn from them and what have you. And you join and what ends up happening is every single meeting is led by the coach. And then you're given homework. And I just, I, I attended one of those, and I did a scratch of the head and said, you don't get homework from a mastermind group. What are you talking about? This is group coaching. Can I talk right. with the other members? No. You're to listen to me and then go forth and do and come back and give all of us an update. And in that update is when you will see where you're, where you're not on the right track. Well, I no, that's group coaching. Another one I've been to, which really uh, grinds my gears, fellow gear grinder you, is um, <laughs> the use of Google Plus Hangouts. So I saw this explode a few years ago when Google Plus Hangouts allowed up to 10 people. I mean, everybody just decided that uh, we're going to have a mastermind. And what they would do is they would – Network marketing is almost the worst for this. But what they would do is a leader would bring on eight or eight or nine other people on their team, and you, oh, person out in the audience, were invited to come and just watch as they talked about their businesses and the opportunity that you have to join them. Pitch time, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that just that is not a mastermind, really, because to me, as as I'm again, I'm going to go by what Napoleon Hill said, and this has been my experience when I've been in a real mastermind, is peer to peer, we're pinging about ideas, we're brainstorming solutions, we're sharing successes, encouragements, and suddenly, because we're all focused on helping one another, there this this extra energy that happens, and that extra energy is what's called the mastermind. It's something other than just the group. We're more than the sum of our parts, and that becomes this this level of excitement and creativity you've not ever experienced before. Well, you can't get that in 
That is, you just can't get that when you're sitting and watching 12 people on a panel, right? So that's that's right. been my experience. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, and you described two things. The first thing you described is a training program, and the second thing you described is a promotional webinar. Uh, in the former case, you were interacting directly with the coach and you were reporting back results and other got, others got to witness it, just like if you uh, went to school and you brought your homework to class. Uh, yeah. That's what that was. The second was a bunch of people that are all uh, panelists on a Google Hangout sharing their experiences with something that the audience was about to be to invited to join themselves. So mm-hmm. maybe that thing that they were promoting in that Google Hangout is, in fact, a true mastermind, but that hangout itself was not the mastermind experience because the audience person was not getting the opportunity to master their mind or help others master their minds. Now, let me give you a few examples that I've seen. Uh, you go to the, to the big conference, uh, the 500 people in the room arena type seminar, and you're going from pitch fest to pitch fest to pitch fest, and eventually on day three, they herd you into the commemorative Saturday night dinner, whatever the hell you want to call it. And they sit you around a table with nine other people, and uh, they bring you very slowly three courses of something. I guess it's food. And uh, they give you know, and you have this you know tiny little symbol of iced tea to somehow force it all down with. And that dinner experience is we're masterminding. What you're doing doing is having conversations with each other saying, well, what do you do? And what do you do? And what do you do? And if you're an introvert, your head's ready to freaking explode because you've been in these big, huge arena-type situations for three days. And what you really need to do is just totally introvert out and go walk across the city three times uh, alone until you uh, recalibrate yourself to being wanting to be around people again. There ain't no masterminding happening there. But in the promotional materials, they'll show all the people from the dinner at the last event, and they're all gathered around the table, and they're all looking at the camera with their big smiles and uh, say, look at this, we are masterminding, we are changing the world. Well, I, you know, I've, uh, I've gone to events. Um, I've myself taught and spoken at events that have true mastermind components. And when I mean true mastermind components, that means you have everybody in the room, they're helping each other solve their business challenges or life challenges or what have you, and uh, maybe it's a round robin or maybe, you know, as it is in most cases, as we transition to the next topic, you have one person at a time state their challenge, their opportunity, or the thing they want help with. The facilitator may or may not give advice and guidance, but then others in the audience then take their turns sharing from that mastermind level. Now, the other problem with the example I just gave you, uh, you know, the people herded around the dinner table on day three, is in order to have a mastermind, you also have to have a synergy. You have to have a knowledge of each other, a friendship with each other, whether it's, you know, your buddy, 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 or whether you, you know, otherwise understand there's a coalescence and something in common to be mutually gained. And an effective mastermind is something where you actually screen people, you interview people, and you determine whether or not they're a good fit for your mastermind. I myself have belonged to uh, the Dream Business Mastermind, uh, hosted by Jim Palmer, for eight years now. And the reason why I belong to that same mastermind for eight years, and the reason why that mastermind has done nothing but grow for eight years is because it 
carefully screens who comes into the mastermind in the first place because we understand that there's a culture. We understand that there is, uh, there is a common goal to be met. And what's great about it is, and this is actually before we even get to filling your mastermind, so I'm going to diverge a little bit. What's great about uh, the entire dream business movement, just to use that as one, you know, it's, it's one of my clients, one of my friends, and now it's one of our examples, is uh, you know, the whole thing is geared towards a certain type of business creator who is very serious about uh, having the dream business, the dream lifestyle, and at the same time making a very strong commitment to serving others and serving the world and serving them first. And uh, it attracts all the great people in, in the world. That's why I love that mastermind so much. And when I attend the group calls, when I go to the Dream Business Academy events, uh, when I do the one-on-ones with Jim and what have you, uh, I, I feel like my mind is being mastered and I'm mastering my mind. So that's just uh, you know, the difference between an experience that uh, you know, I've seen that was maybe not so good versus one that's the mm-hmm. ideal in my mind of what a mastermind is. So what I'd like to do now is I'd like to talk a little bit more about the management. You alluded to this, and you got us started with the topic, but tell us more about how to effectively manage a mastermind. So what happens often is that people will gather thinking that they have actually formed a mastermind, the purpose of which to help me grow my business. So I'm going to get a handful of people I respect and work with or known for a while, right? We've been kind of gathering over coffee. Let's formalize this a bit. And then they'll do a meetup or something, right? But without any type of management or group management skills, what happens is nobody's really a leader. And they'll meet for a handful of times, and it's great, but then it falls apart. Good group facilitation means that there's somebody who understands how to keep the discussion on track, how to make sure that every group member has an opportunity to participate, and make sure that the environment is conducive to everybody participating. So whether it's a platform that's being used or also the rules that are set in place, right? So there's time constraints. Some masterminds might have a a, a hot seat opportunity and there's time constraints. Others have um, every member can only speak for so long. But you know that going in, so there aren't any surprises. And to manage that group means to pay attention to all of that so that there are no surprises and keep the structure consistent because that, lays a foundation for trust and credibility amongst the members. That's Very good. Uh, right, right. Uh, you want to tell us another one, or you want to explore that a little bit deeper? We can go either way. Well, that happens to be my favorite way of actually running mastermind groups. I've been running them since sure. um, 09, actually since 08 in person, 09 virtually. And right. that's pretty much the way I structure mine. So I can speak with uh, with a lot, I can speak a lot to that. Yeah, uh, what, uh, do you see any major differences between in-person masterminds versus virtual masterminds? I, I'm not going to say it's a major difference, but there is a difference. I can tell you that if you have a choice 
if you're presented with a choice of, of one or the other, take the in-person. It is, it is much more powerful. If you join a virtual, it is as powerful to an extent, right? It's still the gathering, the environment's there, people are very focused, and the conversations happen. It's just a little bit of a different energy. Now, many virtual masterminds will have regularly scheduled personal meetups or meetings, such as you described with Jim Palmer's program, which is yeah. a fantastic program, by the way. I'm, I'm an advocate. Yeah. I'd be happy to tell anybody and everybody, go check that out. Because he offers that in the academy, he offers that opportunity to meet in person as well as virtually. Yeah. And that combination, to me, is, is powerful. It is. So, you know, both are equally powerful, but there's a different experience. That's all it is. True. True. I'd like to I'd like to explore this, uh, you know, in a slightly different way by sharing some of my observations, uh, because, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, proper facilitation, being consistent, having roles, having expectations, all of which make for an effective, powerful mastermind. So when you are the facilitator of the mastermind, whether you're the business owner and these are your clients or whether you're the elected leader of the group that meets regularly or whatever your position is that makes you the head honcho of that mastermind, uh, you're not just you – know, that's not a day off by any means. You're not like the commanding general observing from the platform while the troops march by and the field commanders do all the actual commanding. Uh, you are uh, very much in the thick of it. So if you are – in running an in-person mastermind, uh, you've got to be, you know, calling on people, uh, making sure that people raise their hands, making sure that everybody who's attempting to speak has an opportunity to do so. And when you have a virtual mastermind, like, a, like using a conference call, something like that, uh, there's a lot of work that you will be doing behind the scenes. Uh, uh, you know, first of all, uh, we do recommend – from our experience with masterminds, you use the software. Um, Instant Teleseminar is as good as any other, and we like, like Instant Teleseminar for teleconferences where people can do the thing where they raise their hand and it goes into a queue. And mm -hmm. for people to speak, they raise their hand and it goes into a queue. That's very powerful, and I'll tell you why in a second from an introvert's perspective. Uh, another thing is you uh, – and it, you know, aside from your membership in general, it's often a good idea to have some other people who generally show leadership in the group, whether they're members of your official faculty, because I'm on a dream business faculty, or whether they're the people who are your veterans, the people who have shown leadership, the people who have been there for a few years and have already experienced many of the benefits of being in that mastermind, where behind the scenes you may be Skyping and instant messaging them saying, hey, uh, you, got it? you got something for me on this? Uh, hey, 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 uh, listen to this. I think this is your topic. Jump in here. So you're encouraging people to speak, and you're making sure that a discussion happens. Now, from the introvert's perspective, um, you know, I've participated in many masterminds, and what I would frequently run into is, uh, you, know, you know, us introverts, we do best in one-on-one -on -one and small group things. So you put us in the arena, and you put us in these large conference calls or these free-for-alls, and we're actually doing our best work in that environment when we're listening, observing, and processing. So when we come to the point where we have something to speak, something to say, what kept happening to me on these group calls is when I would finally speak, 
somebody else would try and talk over me. And this would happen every single time, and it would happen only to me. And uh, at first what I would do is I would just sort of back off. And then I, and then I would swing the pendulum in the opposite direction. I'd say, look, pal, I'm speaking. Shut up. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and, I, and, and a couple times I actually did raise it to that level because it would be, cause after about the third or fourth person that the, same, that the same individual would just coincidentally start speaking when I had already started speaking. They needed, uh-huh. to, hear, they needed to hear that, in my opinion. Uh, the way you solve that is using a technology. And as I said, instant teleseminars is as good as any other, but there are others that have the same capability where the person actually clicks a button or presses a button to raise their hand so uh-huh. that we are very clear. This is the person whose hand was raised. This is the person who has been called on. This is the person who is speaking now. Do not talk over them. Put your own hand up. <laughs> Wait your turn. And when yeah, you have this, I think this, you're making that clear. <laughs> right, but I'm, but I'm, but, but, and I'm being emphatic about it because I want to take it to one mm-hmm. more point, which is another thing that's so powerful about the mastermind is it gives every mind the opportunity to create mastery. And when you have an individual who is mastering their mind, you want to allow them the space and give them the support to let that fulfill itself wherever it goes. Yes. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree. The platform I use is Zoom. And same type of tools are available on Zoom as what you just described. The difference is that we are all on webcam. And it's okay to turn the video off, but you must come, the rules are you must come back on occasionally. We need to know that you're still there. Even if you're just ruminating on things, that's okay. The one, the one thing that I am emphatic about as a facilitator of the masterminds is I don't want the member having to say, shut up, I'm speaking. So right. what I do in managing the group is I have the beautiful mute button, but I also have, I will stop, and I've done it. I've stopped the person that continually wants to interrupt and let them know I'm putting you on mute and then spoken privately afterwards. I won't do it in front of the group, but I speak privately to them afterwards and I explain why I've put you on mute, why I interrupted you, why I put, you know, got in your face kind of thing. But that's, and that's done privately because sometimes it's just off the wall. Sometimes it's not what you described where it's always that one person. Sometimes it's such excitement over what's being discussed. I can't help myself. I have to jump in. (laughs) Um, And I don't want to embarrass anybody. Again, I think it's my responsibility as the facilitator, the host, the manager of the group to maintain the environment. And where you were talking about working, oh, my word, yes. I am constantly watching the faces of those who are in the group. I'm watching chat, private chat. I am making sure that everybody appears to be comfortable and engaged, that they're ready to get on, because we'll have somebody raise their hand, and I'll send a private message. Knowing they're an introvert, I'll say, are you going to be ready to jump in when I call on you? Because I'm looking at calling on you next. 
because I know how introverts work, right, just as you described. But the extrovert, too, is, listen, I'm going to be calling on you next. Please keep in mind you're, you do have a time limit. And I always get the ha-ha, yeah, I know, thanks for the reminder <laughs> from those who get yeah. overexcited. But it's, it's a matter of, to me, is entering as, the again, the facilitator, the manager of the group, I am coming in with an attitude of being of service. I'm coming in with a, a mindset of members first, members first. Are they okay? Are they getting what they need? And that takes a lot of prep work ahead of time. It does take the on-site prep work, be it in-person or virtual, um, and then afterwards, because afterwards I, I am not a coach. Uh, I am a consultant. What that means quite clearly for anybody who questions me, this is how I see it. Coach kind of helps you through some of the feelings and makes you feel a little better and recognize your own you know, get you inward to think about your own answers. I'm a consultant. I'm just going to tell you yeah. what the problem is and what the answer is. <laughs> so sure. I'll get people contacting me afterwards saying, I really need to talk to you about whatever. And there may have been, and there has been happening, and this happens, where somebody says, I didn't expect so-and-so to be in there, and they're over the top, and I just let them talk and do that. We do what they need to do. And I say, you know what, what are you getting out of the meeting? What are you getting out of the group? And is right. your business growing because of your membership in the group? And what else can we do to help you grow your business? So I'm available afterwards, but it really is to get the mind back into why am I a member of this group? What was the purpose right. of my being a member? What am I getting out of it? Yes, I'll be back at the next meeting. So there's that too. Right, right, very, very true, very true, and uh, yeah, and that also just goes back to the point of where management is so important. Now, what I was referring to with the challenge that I was having, it wasn't just one person. It was like every single time that I began speaking, somebody else would just assume the coast was clear and they could just they could just go like I wasn't even there, and wow. uh, and uh, and uh, and when I noticed that, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it was a bunch of people doing it. Uh, so, I mean, I, I have to assume that that was something maybe about the way I was presenting myself or something like that. I really don't know for sure, but I've spoken with other people uh, with introverted personalities who reported the same phenomenon, so I know it's not just me. And uh, mm -hmm. it's, 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 the whole point was no matter when I started speaking, somebody else would just assume it was their turn and they could just cut me off. But then, wow. uh, but then once I observed that it was the same person who had now done it for the fourth time, I told them bluntly in front of everybody that it was my turn to speak and they could shut up because I wanted everybody to get the point that talking over Adam was not going to be tolerated anymore. Love it. Love it. And all I'm saying is that, yes, that happens, uh, and that I believe that it's part of my, my job as a facilitator to try to cut it off before it happens, but definitely right. after a meeting to engage with the one who's doing the interrupting and talk to them about what is acceptable behavior and what is not and set right. the expectation and then the consequence for whatever it is that they don't do. So it's right. a combination. It's, yeah. You know, it's all of that, right? You're, you're dealing with people, not just, 
automatons here. So there's always going to be something, and I think it behooves the facilitator or host to understand that there will always be something and to be prepared for that, to be prepared for that. And that way you're guaranteeing that power and the success of a group through your preparation. Yeah, and I want to spend a little bit of time on this because now I want to flip the script a little <laughs> bit and from the perspective of somebody who is a participant in the mastermind, what are mm-hmm. some effective ways that as a member of a mastermind for you to speak in a way and participate in a way that serves not only yourself but others because you need to serve both in order to get the most out of the experience? So that's right. my question. All right, so as a participant, of which I am, I not only facilitate, but I am a member of a mastermind of leaders, women leaders. And I go in with the mindset that I want to help somebody today. I'm not sure how that's going to look, but I'm willing to be helpful. I'm also going in with something very specific that I want to present to the group. Now, it could be I want to celebrate a win, or I stumbled along the way and I'm I'm not able to learn from it, you know, I, I made a mistake, I'm not sure what it was, so I want to learn from the group. What should I learn from this mistake? Could be that I have a new idea. Could be that I'm up against a wall and I, I need some brainstorming. I've got a real problem either in my business or personally and I'm going to rely on the group to help me to solve it. So I'm very specific when I go in as a member with those two things. And what that does is that makes the best use of the time allotted to me, and it makes the best use of the group for me personally. So that when I have my time to participate in discussion, to be helpful to somebody else, I've made my notes of of the discussion happening. I've got my own ideas. I'm ready when I'm called on to say, I'd like to add to this what's been said this is the way I see things, a solution I may have, a resource I know about, someone in my network that can help, advice, you know, all that that goes into it. And when it's my turn, if you want to call it a hot seat, it's not necessarily always a hot seat, but it's my turn to just have time in front of the group. I have my notes ahead of time, preparedness, that say this is what I want to bring to the group. This is my problem. Sure. This is what I'd like from you. Can you help me with this? And then answer any questions that they present to me so that we can get a solution. Yeah, I, and I think, those, I think those are all fantastic things. Um, another suggestion that I would give people, and again, I tend to be on the opposite side when it comes to things sometimes, is don't speak just to hear your voice. Uh, you, you may have noticed oh, during our conversation that. here on the Business Creators Radio Show is uh, sometimes I tend to be a bit verbose in things. That's for a couple reasons. Uh, there's some repetition in the way I speak, and I do that on purpose because I want people to get a message, and repetition is a very effective way to make sure they get that. And second, we do have a 60-minute format, so we can take our sweet time. Uh, when you're in a conversation, like a group conversation, like a conference call or a mastermind, uh, speaking just to be heard speaking every time uh, is a great way to eventually really tick people off. I had an experience with this just a few weeks ago. I was on a I was on a group conference call involving uh, 
some team members for one of my clients, and there was this one person on there. God loved the person, but they are the type who, uh, if they're asking a question, they will spend three minutes prefacing the question, and then the actual question being asked, uh, will take another minute for them to get out, and it's really usually something pretty basic. And after mm-hmm. listening to them taking three and a half minutes to ask a question, I said, "Sure." <laughs> and you heard how there was—you heard how there was silence. You heard oh, how there was silence. Heart. Yes. Same same yes. thing happened there, and uh, and I started to hear the actual. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it groaning or like you know, what was everything okay? It's like people. I don't. I don't need to take seven paragraphs in six minutes to tell you that I think something's <laughs> fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you've already. Well, so like, if I could add on to, to that. Of, yeah. <laughs> Let me add on just a tidbit to that. What was going through my mind as you were saying that is one of the things that happens in the groups that I run, and it, it's because. It's because I'm a researcher at heart. It's because I'm curious. It's because I know the importance of asking the right questions. It doesn't take long through my guidance of those in the discussion that they, the group members start learning how to ask the right questions because I will step in if somebody asks a, like such a broad question and the look on the person's face right, is just this deer in the headlights. I step in and I say, how about if we refine that a little bit? Let's see if I'm hearing you correctly. Let's see, and that's, you know, I'm trying to teach them how to ask better questions that way, and it really makes a difference. Of course, there's always going to be somebody who loves to hear the sound of their own voice, but yeah. if I can minimize that, I will. <laughs> that's but what you're right. dealing with in the situation I told you, somebody loves to hear themselves talk. So my uh, suggestion is, uh, make sure that you don't have one person who seems to be speaking all the time. And I've been in in-person masterminds, too, where people will start asking questions. I'm thinking, uh, this is beyond self-evident, and this person knows this. I know uh-huh. for a fact they know it. But yeah. it's like they're trying to be seen as leading the discussion. Give me a break. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, and that's please, the purpose of a on? quality leader. Yes, a quality leader exactly. and a quality facilitator will prevent that. Yes. Yeah, because they're the, the ones that step in. We'll pick, we'll pick up on that, and they may be able to say, "Well, okay, so you know, you know, just to keep us on schedule, we need to move on to the next thing, or uh, or to be able to uh, just redirect the conversation in general. Like you know, how you can change the subject without saying." Okay, anyways, back at the ranch, but there are many <laughs> subtle ways to just redirect a conversation. Uh, my ways of redirecting conversations tend not to be very subtle, but that's just me. Uh, but I jest, but I, I'm actually pretty skilled at directing things where they need to go. And speaking of directing things where they need to go, I think we've uh, pretty much uh, covered that topic in some pretty good mm-hmm. detail. Uh, let's, uh, let me, here's another thing that I think is very important. Uh, how do you find the right mastermind group to join? So the, the ideal way, number one way, is to ask the people that you respect, admire, and are following if they belong to a group. Right. And if they do, ask them, is it accepting new members? 
and do you think I would qualify to, to join? How, how do I join? Get in a conversation. Another way uh-huh. to do it is you may have a specific reason, right? Not just the general, I want to be a part of something big, like what you were talking about with Dream Academy and what I do with my Grow Alliance, something longer than just a 90-day or six-month. But instead, right. you, you find yourself focusing on wrong things, and you just want to be around people who know how to get things done. Maybe you're, you're just got unfinished projects and need to be a part of a short-term mastermind for accountability and idea generation um, and goal-setting type of uh, experience. Or maybe you just don't know what's really relevant to your company from this point forward and want to join something for six months to really get yourself and your business on track. If you know that much, then honestly, again, you can still go to the people that you admire and ask them. But you can also do um, a Google search, right? And once you find something that looks like it fits, then it comes in to play of asking the right questions. We had talked earlier about the difference between group coaching and masterminding. Group coaching is all about the leader, all about the trainer. Masterminding is all about the members peer-to-peer. So ask that question. Contact the leader, the owner of the group, and say, how do you run your group? If you want what Adam and I are talking about, you want a peer-to-peer group. You want a group that I'm going to be helping the person across the table because I'm a fellow business owner and I have something to offer. If you hear that out of that leader, then you're on the right track. But that's one of the first questions I think you should ask is, is how do you run that group? What are the expectations? That's about as simple yeah. as you can make it. <laughs> what do you think? I think those are some, I think those are some good questions to ask because uh, not only will they help you decide that this is a place where you might fit, but it also reveals two other things. Uh, first, if there is a process, if there is a clearly defined description of this mastermind and who benefits from the mastermind, you start to get a sense this might be a true mastermind, but a group coaching program or a webinar with the word mastermind slapped on it. Uh, you get right. that. And then the second piece, which is uh, also very important, is you get a sense that it is properly managed so that it feels like a mastermind and people are getting the opportunity to master their mind. Uh, What I'd like to do a little bit more here uh, before we uh, turn the spotlight over to you is there's another topic we need to discuss, which is uh, tapping into diversity. Uh, The most diversity we've spoken about so far, I think, is uh, introverts versus extroverts. So tell us more about tapping into the diversity of the group. Well, the diversity comes into play with gender, which okay. means that, you you know, let's say you're in a business owner's group. You're going to have, if it's a general business ownership type of group or entrepreneur group, um, you're going to have women, you're going to have men, you're going to have a variety of experience based on business ownership. You know, it could be five years, could be 25 years. You're going to have people who are bringing life experiences, each one's very different. You're going to be having business experiences that are very different, could be different business models. 
even if you're a part of a group that everybody has the same business model, for instance, I run a group for marketing agency owners, and they all have essentially the same business model, solo business owner with teams and teams that they outsource to. They all have their own specific niches and specialties because that's where their interests yeah. were. That's where their passion met the, met the crossroads of opportunity. And they're bringing all of that to the group. Well, to tap into that means that you're approaching it with an open mind. You're approaching the group with your problem, your situation, your issue, with the knowledge at forefront that says, I'm going to find the answer, and it's going to come to me. And that opens your mind to being able to listen to what everybody has to say. When you do that, that's when you're tapping into that diversity there, and that's when some real masterminding happens. Huge light bulbs, halogen light bulbs (laughs) will start going off in your brain because it's like, I never would have thought of that. Of course not. That's why you're a member of the mastermind group. Sure. Uh, Yeah, that's true. Uh, Would you – here's another question. Should you pay to be a member of a mastermind group? I don't think that it's a good question. Okay. (laughs) I'll tell you why I don't like the question as it's asked. You're asking, should you pay? I think that there are free and there are paid groups, and I think that both offer the same level of power. It truly, truly depends on the type of group, and the leadership in the group. Now, if you want to tap into a group as diverse as what I've talked about is what you are a part of when it comes to Dream Academy, it's international, the members come from all walks of life, you have no idea who they are, but you're ready and eager to get in the middle of it and partake and learn about these new people into your life, oh, a paid group is going to definitely do that for you. A free group would be one, the best kind I know of, is one where it's been running around for a while, (laughs) and you happen upon one of the members and you get invited in. Uh Those those are the good free ones. And, yes, I've been a part of those as well and so grateful for them because they watched me. And they said, we'd like you to be a part of this. We meet every once in a while, you know, about once a month for coffee, and we bandy things about but we're all interested in helping each other grow. So I think both offer the opportunity for growth, which is what we're all looking for, and meaning in our personal and professional lives. I think it's just a matter of what are you looking for. And if you're looking to um, expand your business, go to the next level, and you want to do it and start doing it now, you're going to be paying for it, and it's going to be worth every penny because you're ready, and you've found the right group to belong to. Nice, nice. That, that, I, I think that breaks it down pretty great. And, and there's room, I think, for both in most people's businesses and most people's lives. It's a matter of deciding what it is you need currently, what it is that you are going to need as you evolve based on where you see your business and where you see things going. Uh, altogether, it's a good criteria to follow. Uh, I, uh, you know, this is one of my 
is, I said before, one of the topics that I've been looking to explore on the Business Creators Radio Show for some time, this whole thing about the power of the mastermind and understanding what a mastermind really is. So I'm so grateful that we've had the opportunity to have this conversation. And, you know, at this point, we uh, have about seven minutes left here. And you were telling me, Charlene, about some things that uh, your group at Search by Burke is doing right now. Uh, I know you have a plan for uh, some events you have coming up and some ways that you are taking the mastermind principle and you're bringing it out to the world in a very exciting way. So tell us a little bit about that so that we can see the example that you're setting. Thank you, Adam. You are correct. This year I've launched what's called The Grow Alliance. Learn more at thegrowalliance.com. It is live business retreat weekends, bringing in four solid presenting experts. They know their stuff. They have signature programs. They are top-notch people. They're givers, and they're generous with what they have to offer. What they do is from Friday to Sunday have a schedule, and the schedule will be the presenter, take a break, come back, and break up into small groups. Now, when I say small, the retreats are limited to 25 people. So you're going to be in a group of four to five people. You're going to be discussing what the presenter put out there. You're going to be learning a little bit about each other. The presenter is going to be available to answer any questions that you have. The presenter is going to be available the entire weekend. So if you learn something in the morning, like Saturday morning, and it suddenly clicks or is so close you know it can fit in your business but not quite sure how, Saturday afternoon, you can go to that presenter and ask. You can go to them on Sunday and ask. The idea is that at the end of the weekend, everybody in attendance will have something, personal or professional, that they want to focus on for the next 90 days. My experience has been that these live events are fantastic, but any real solid continued learning stops after about a week implementation really stops after about three weeks. And what happens is you get back to the day-to-day working and stuff. Well, attendance at the live weekend automatically puts you in a 90-day mastermind with the intention of we're going to help you to achieve whatever it was that you wanted to, you said that weekend, personal or professional. You learned something, you want to put it to use, you want to see yourself and your business grow because of it, be a member of that mastermind, participate in it, and after 90 days, it is now helping you to grow your business. So it's it's automatically attached. It's not an upsell, and it's not um, where you have to go back every week and meet in person. I did it virtually so that it fits within the workday of everybody in attendance. Sure. The business retreat. Oh, that's great. That's great. So, yeah, we can learn more about your movements uh, at thegrowalliance.com. That's www.thegrowalliance.com. I know you have one coming up uh, in May 2017, and uh, you told me you're taking these around the world over the next year to two years, which is going to be some pretty 
exciting stuff. And for a lot of people who want to participate in masterminds, sometimes the challenge is getting away from work or getting away from the business or what have you. So the power of the virtual mastermind is great because you can say, okay, well, my mastermind is uh, Thursday at 10 a.m. and it lasts two hours once a month. So for those two hours, you just block off your calendar and you either keep the door closed to your office or you get out of the office and actually participate from somewhere else. Uh, then if you have the group that occasionally meets, uh, maybe once or twice a year they have an event or once a quarter they have an event and they all fly into the same city or, or, the, or you know, whatever, then that's a, that's, to me that's a good balance of the in-person experience and the virtual experience because, as we discussed earlier, they both have their positives. And yeah, at the same time, you know, we're – such a virtual world that if you're not leveraging the power of the virtual world, you're missing out. But if you're not having some in-person and face-to-face, then you're also missing out on a beautiful art that's being ignored and abandoned as part of the bastardization of masterminds, which we need to make sure we can stop in any way possible. Yes, let's keep doing that, Adam. Let's keep, let's just keep getting out there and telling people what real masterminds are about. Yes, yes. So uh, this has been fantastic. Uh, Charlene Burke of searchbyburke.com, thegrowalliance.com, and growthmindset.com. Thank you so much for being with us today. It has been an honor and an education. Thank you, Adam. It has truly been a pleasure. And on a, and on a very personal note, it's not uh, all that often that I have the opportunity to use one of these episodes to just totally let it all hang out over something that really grinds my gears and burns my oatmeal. So when we get to do these every once in a while, they are such fun. Yes, they are. I'm so glad I was a part of it. Thanks for letting me be here. Oh, thank thank you for making that possible. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please be sure to check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.